Welcome in, Adam Munster-Tiger, the publisher of BuffStampede.com, and I uh, couldn't be more excited about today's show. Joined on the podcast by the pregame show's Uncle Neely. Neely, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know how to uh, express how excited I am to, to get a chance to chat with you about CU football. I know you're back in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. I'm curious, when you get back home to Jackson, what, what's what's the first food spot you got to hit up? You know, the first food spot is my local family-owned burger place. I'm a hamburger fiend, man. And that is the world-renowned Stamp Burgers on Dalton Street. You got to go there. Uh, but if you're looking for a sit-down meal, kind of white tablecloth, nice bar scene, I go to Char on I-55. So Stamp Burgers for the hamburger, Char for the little fine dining. Now, when you get back to Boulder next week, what's the first place in Boulder that that you've come to love food-wise? Oh, that's easy. That's Chef Carl Solomon's place. There you I go. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw some topics at you, and then we got some great questions from fans out there, so I'm going to go through those with you as well. And actually, one of them is, and you can think about this a little bit, your your favorite Chef Carl Solomon dish. And, and we, we won't get into that. We'll tease that because uh, Chef Solomon is a rock star in Boulder, and uh, – I went to bat for him even before Coach Prime got into Boulder because he would serve what we would get at the Tuesday press luncheon. Uh, they would they would serve us the meal that the team got. And I'm telling you, that was – and I'm a good cook. My wife's a good cook. That was the best meal I had every week. And so uh, there's a hint of jealousy in what I'm telling you right now because you get to eat on a regular basis. But he, he's the man. He really is. And I, and I love that you guys have put him in the spotlight to to give him the proper recognition that that he deserves. Yeah, he, he's easy to put the spotlight on, man. Genuine personality, hard worker, uh, has the mission of uh, Coach Prime and the team first. You know, everything he does in the cafeteria – uh, whether he's, you know, counting the carbs or thinking about what they need to get in them because we're getting closer to game day. Everything is about winning. He's just as much a part of that winning process as anyone else is in the building. He's really embraced that. His staff has embraced that. You know, they are they are part of the team. What they do matters. Uh, and hey, and we don't have to delay it, man. Like I know my favorite dish from him. Uh, and on the complex side is his crab cakes. They are wonderful with like no filler. And then on the simple side, the guy makes the best grilled cheese and tomato soup you ever had. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's an underrated situation, especially when you talk about these winter months in Boulder. Like, it's hard to beat a good grilled cheese in, in tomato soup situation. Uh, I want to first express gratitude for what you, Bucky, and Darius do. I, I think that sometime, some, sometimes with college football being this big business – Folks can lose sight of the fact that this is this is supposed to be fun. This is also about the fans. They're the reason that I have a job, the reason that you have a job, the reason that college football exists, and, and they they foot the bill for everything that happens. And so to give those fans an inside look into a program, it's awesome. It it, it makes people feel connected to the program. Whereas when it's closed off and you don't get to see behind the scenes stuff and you know, there've been former coaches at Colorado that have not embraced that. They've kind of looked at fans as the enemy and it's, I get it. Like, you know, there's some days a message board post will put me in a bad mood, but at the end of that day, I understand that fan is short for fanatic and, and people are going to have big opinions, but at the end of the day, they're, they're buffs and, and they love this program. And so the fact that you guys can really uh, give a glimpse into the program for those folks is really awesome. 
Yeah, I appreciate that, Adam. Uh, and it, it's certainly a labor of love. You know, when we started it uh, with Coach Prime uh, at Jackson State, he will tell anybody he's an open book. And he doesn't mind the spotlight being on him. And he realizes that if you're next to him and the spotlight is on him, you're going to get some light on you. And he cautions everybody and also reminds everybody that one hand, the blessing of the spotlight, people getting to see and know what's going on in the program, but it's also going to show your blemishes and your warts. So you got to make sure that you're doing your due diligence to improve and to work because the camera picks up everything. And it's really a testament to, to his open book philosophy, man. You know, his, his 14 years in the NFL, gold jacket level, but people forget about his 14 years in broadcasting with the NFL Network and others. He gets the art of storytelling, storytelling, excuse me. He understands, you know, having the ability to frame your own narrative and, and put your content out in the proper context. We do a lot of things that are, you know, unfiltered. It is what it is. You know, you you see players fighting, you see players hugging, uh, you see staff crying. We don't hide anything. But there's also a degree of, you know, you keep some things in house because it is a team building process. And he understands how to, you know, walk that thin, that razor thin line of making sure, you know, you're exposing your program in the right manner, but also keeping some things, you know, where they need to be. Uh, internally. So Coach Prime gets it, man. I think you're going to see more college programs around the nation get it, uh, particularly in this wave of NIL, this wave of collectives. Uh, you know, people understand the value of content and exposure. Uh, and so I think you'll see more and more programs pick it up. But typically speaking, you're spot on. Historically speaking, coaches have had an adversary relationship with cameras and the media because of the trust trust factor and only you know only want to show what they want to show when they want to show it but it's a new era in college football and coach prime is the tip of that spear yeah and even the the push prime documentary you know you, you see all sides of it and and that part of it is really cool i'm curious what is your favorite moment from your first year in boulder oh wow um I'm going to have to say seeing him run out at TCU uh, because, you know, he was on this health journey uh, with blood clots in his legs back at Jackson State and being with him through that process and still having a couple surgeries when he got to Colorado uh, and to see him have a goal of running out with the team for week one and at actually accomplishing it. Uh, and then we go on to win the game when we were 21 point underdogs in it. Uh, that's probably, you know, the top moment of the, of the year, but it's really hard to pick because, you know, the season comes in so many waves. You can have a top moment moment from spring ball. You can have a top moment from fall conditioning, you know, in July and August, and then one from the season because there's so many ups and downs throughout this process. And, you know, when you touched on the documentary, Adam, one, one of the things I love about this thing, you know, you got Coach Prime's documentary team with, with Smack and Prime. Uh, you got Reach to People. You got Will Off Media and the pregame show. And those four entities can be at the same practice or the same team meeting. And when you watch the content, you get four different things uh, because there's so much going on in the building on a day-to-day -day process. And we have so many different lenses that we're looking at that content through that even with four entities filming, it, it, you can't get enough of it because everything is still different. Totally. My favorite moment was actually around the time that, you, Carl Reed, and Romy, and I did a, a spot on CBS Sports Network before the USC game. It was uh, an early game, a little crisp, cold winter weather. Or I, at that point, that would have been fall weather. It, it was kind of the, this crispness in the air that morning. And to look around and just see the buzz that was in Folsom Field and having covered Colorado as long as I have, it, 
it gave me goosebumps. It really did. Now, it was an entertaining football game. Obviously, the end result is not what Colorado wanted, but that pregame was was something else. And uh, it also segues me into something else here, Neely, is that I'm a diehard Celtics fan, and Paul Pierce is like my basketball god. Like, I love that dude. I saw him down on the sideline. He was doing a live, and I couldn't couldn't muster up uh, the ability to ask him for a picture to say hi. But just to see him on Folsom Field, man, that that was really cool. That was one of those moments when, as seasoned as you can get in this job, there's those moments where you're like, man, I get to do this for a living. That's freaking Paul Pierce. Yeah. It Folsom Field like that that for me was was my favorite moment. Understood. And if, and if you frame it that way, man, I got to go with a similar moment basketball with the 76ers. Uh coach Prime called me in to to cover a meeting he was having uh and you know this happens all the time and he has celebrity friends uh, but to sit in with him and Dr. J having a conversation uh outside of covering CU football outside of covering coach prime. You talk about just a historical moment in my life to sit there and listen to them, have a conversation and coach prime telling Dr. J how, you know, everything I do, I patterned after you, I studied you, the way you moved on the bench, the way you dressed pre and post game, the way you handled the media, like you, you were my prime that I wanted to model myself after. And, and then to hear Dr. J give that same credit to Bill Russell, because we're all building off of someone, man, phenomenal meeting to be a part of. And you're right. You know, Adam, no, no matter how much we cover this stuff and a part of it, there's going to come a moment where you have to go back to being a fan yourself. And when guys like Dr. J are there, you know, from one era all the way to The Rock in the modern era, you have to step back and kind of pinch yourself and go like, I, mean, I just interviewed The Rock. I just interviewed Dr. J. It's a special environment. All right, Neely, is there a raccoon gate in Colorado? That's one of the top reasons I wanted to get you on this podcast. Against Stanford, uh, a night that any buff fan wants to forget, but we, we gotta, we gotta delve into this topic. So history doesn't repeat itself here. You caught a raccoon running out behind coach prime on Folsom field in that football game. Did anybody else notice that? At the moment, I think I'm the only person out of 60,000 people that saw this raccoon. Like, no, and I mean, I'm looking around like, Hey, am I the only one seeing this? Is this happening? You know, I'm filming Coach Prime. He's looking at the uh, special teams out there, watching the scoreboard. It's clicking down. We know what's about to happen. Uh, you know, just a game that we want out of our memories, you know, to to to, to have that kind of lead going into halftime and losing overtime. Uh, but in the waning moments and seconds of the game, from nowhere comes a raccoon running down the sideline, almost hits the back of his, his legs, and uh, his general manager, David, Coach David Keller, was standing there, almost hits him. Neither one of them saw it. Uh, and I didn't see it through my eyes. I was watching the camera and something was coming by in the camera. So then I looked to the side of the camera and here's this raccoon just scurrying by. And he was a big boy, too. Like yeah. this, this wasn't this wasn't. A He's on that cat. Chef Solomon diet in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, this is a big boy, man. And he would I don't know where he ended up. If he went in the building, he went out the back gate. You know, he went to UC Health. I don't, I don't know where he went, but I don't know where he appeared. Uh, and we, I watched him do about a 60-yard sprint to the end zone. And it's as if no one else in the world saw it until I put the footage out. And I was asking people, like, man, did you see the raccoon doing the game? People were like, no, what are you talking about? Like, Coach, it was right by you. Like, it ran right by you. Did you – when you showed Coach Prime the video of that, what was his reaction? So it's it's two things. Uh, the reaction was minimal because I picked bad timing to show it to him. 
<laughs> you know, we know how that game was, you know, so yeah, yeah. I, I showed it to him as we were going to the press conference with you guys and he wasn't in the laughing mood then. Uh, but yeah. it's one it's one of those clips that makes like a blooper reel uh, because he, he doesn't play like he loves dogs, but he doesn't play like varmint. You know, if you, there's a, a, a rat in the office. The whole building has to be evacuated like he, he doesn't play about animals that shouldn't be around. And I'm, I'm really had he taken just one step back, he would have stepped on it. You know, or, or if the raccoon took one step to the to the left, he would have run into him. I'm just so glad that we didn't lose an overtime game and have a raccoon bite him in the leg or something. Uh, but, but they were that close to each other. I had a raccoon that lived underneath our patio in Superior, Colorado, which is just south of, of Boulder. And yeah. my my daughter was really young at the age, and she would go give it some food. So maybe we need to – I talked about – Chef Solomon, maybe we need to find some way to exercise these demons uh, going into the 2024 season. But uh, in all seriousness, I'm curious if there's any guys you've witnessed getting back into the strength and conditioning program with Maurice Sims and his staff that have made you do a double take as you've kind of watched improvement out of certain guys as they've gotten into the spring semester. Absolutely. Uh, And I think it's both ends of the candle. I have been very impressed with our former players uh, in the level of conditioning that they have returned in. Uh, Tyler Brown, who had to miss last season, has returned in phenomenal shape physically uh, as far as this is weightlifting, uh, but also speed and the way he can move out on the field. Uh, same thing with linebacker uh, Bentley. Uh, very impressed with what, what he has done in the offseason uh, with his body and strength. But I think where the real arrow is pointing up at him is that when you look at the players who are coming in for the first time here in Colorado and compare them to what was coming in this time last year, that's where you see the real difference maker. Uh, when you look at a Jordan Seaton, I don't think he gets enough credit. Like he is unbelievably fast and agile for that size. Uh, the things that he can do. Uh, you look at uh, Chidoze out of Houston, his strength on the bench and his work ethic. You're talking about, man, you have brought in some guys now that know how to be pros, that know how to be power five athletes, that they are self-coached, self-motivated, don't have to have somebody standing over them yelling and pushing them. Uh, and this is this has really become the player-led team. So I think as you look at the strength and conditioning phase, you know, we're probably, I mean, 200% beyond where we were this time last year. Yeah, it, I know that because Shadur and Travis were such headliners that uh, – you know, last year's recruiting class was ranked higher nationally on 24-7 sports, but and it was a great first step in terms of rebuilding this football program. There's no no doubt about that. But you just top to bottom, this incoming transfer class is has created a roster that is going to breed so much competition that you hear the the next man up mantra all the time. And you know, frankly, most programs they say that, but they don't have the next man up. It feels like Colorado's program has gotten to that place in year two at pretty much every position. Now, I think linebacker, they probably want to add a couple guys, but it just feels like across the board, the, the competition level, and that, that's kind of hard to undervalue because what you're doing is uh, you're getting so much more out of those practices now when, when you have that type of depth on your program and guys can't take a week off, you know, anymore. They, they've got to continue to maintain their spot. I'm just curious, do, have you seen that early this spring in terms of there being 
another level of, of competition that's been added by by adding all this talent to the roster. Absolutely, you see it. Uh, these guys aren't conceding anything. You know, the D line, uh, the new guys are not conceding that Shane uh, Cokes is the leader of that room. Uh, you know, you have a room full of alpha males now, alpha dogs who who want it. And I'm looking forward to spring ball uh, that second to the last week of March. And then we go to spring break and you come back April. And then it's consistently all the way through the spring game where you're going to see guys competing and working for depth chart spots. Uh, but I think you see it throughout the building, unit by unit, position by position. You brought in guys. You know, Coach Prime was big on this this year, Adam. Uh, last year's transfer portal, you were getting what you needed but you were also just taking what you could get. Uh, this year, Transfer Portal, he went out and specifically looked for guys that not only had what he was looking for, but had produced at other places. Uh, so last year, you kind of had guys who were coming in. They may come from Florida State, but they didn't play a lot. You know, they were third and fourth on the depth chart there at Florida State. Well, now you bring in guys from Houston or Indiana, and they were starting. So you got Power 5 experience. Uh, and you got guys who know how to play ball away from home, uh, how to play ball in, in uh, different weather environments, you know, how to get ready for games. You're not dealing with guys, you know, who weren't used to that spotlight. So I think you're going to see, you know, a big turnaround. And you just look at this. Now, you, you had a couple of games, Adam. I don't care if you and I were out there and you and I are some stellar athlete, athletes. We weren't going to win those games. You know, we we didn't we weren't going to beat Utah. We didn't we weren't going to beat Oregon. We lost those games, you know, driving to the damn stadium like it was over before it started. But those games that could have gone either way, uh, you know, those Stanford, those USC's in those moments, we have a, now have a, a, a team with the necessary depth that when someone is fatigued, someone is injured, you don't have a big glaring drop off now in talent with the next man that goes out there. You said exactly right. Football is all about next man up. But that mantra is just really based on necessity, not necessarily that you really do have it. Well, now you have position by position out there that there's not a big drop-off or any drop-off when you sub the D-line or when you sub the linebackers or when these corners get here and get adjusted. I think we're going to be a phenomenal team. I think we're going to be much better than we were last year, and I think we're going to shock the world. Let's jump into some fan questions. First one is from Aaron Lot 303 He asked, and I don't think you're going to be able to answer this one, uh, so I apologize in advance, but he wants to know about the new uniforms if you've seen them, and if so, how are they? Have you gotten any uniform buzz just kind of in the bu building before the, the the big release? Well, you know, uh, Aaron, appreciate that question. And you asked it in a manner that I can't answer it because you didn't say, hey, Uncle Needley, put a picture up for us. I can't show it to you, uh, but I have seen them. Uh, emphasis on them. Uh, they're plural. Uh, there are multiple variations. Uh, I'm not going to proclaim that we're going to you know, rival Oregon and what they're doing right there with Nike, uh, but the relationship that Coach Prime has with Nike, the relationship that uh, our athletic equipment guy Smitty uh, has with Nike, the variations, man, you know, it's not just one uniform. It's what you can do with all this stuff, changing the face mask, changing the decal, changing the top and the bottom. Uh, other than, you know, everybody's a little superstitious in sports, whether they admit it or not, other than just having a favorite because we played well in it, we could go the whole season and not wear the same thing twice. That's awesome. That that saying, look good, play good. Like my favorite combo was pretty simple. It was just the, the TCU game. It just Colorado looked really nice in that football game. And and certainly I don't know how much that, that translated over to, to on the field results. Did you have a favorite uniform combo in 2023? I, I loved uh, TCU because, you know, to come out there and, and the white and the accents in, in the gold, I love that. 
I also love that simplistic, uh, I'm just going to call it gray. It was almost a gray top, gray bottom. It looked kind of drab, but what was done with the helmet and the face mask for those games. Uh, and I think it was uh, it was a road game maybe in Arizona where we had the gold face mask, or maybe it was UCLA. Arizona State is when Coach Prime had the gold uh, yes. head, headset I, I, on. I, yeah, yeah, Arizona State. I, I love that combo as well. So yeah. those, those are my three picks from last year. I got to go with – uh, TCU overall, maybe because it was week one and, you know, we were setting the tone, but I love that clean, you know, road game white. We look special out there. I felt like I was living in a movie during the TCU game. That was uh, kind of almost out of body type of experience covering that game. It was so much fun. Well, what was it like for you? Man, well said. I, I it, it was surreal. Uh, you know, we were playing a TCU. I get it. College football changes hell about a semester now with the portal. So, but no matter how you look at it, TCU was just in the national championship eight months before that game. So we're playing a team that was in the national championship week one on the road, kicking off the coach prime era, 21 point uh, underdogs. And we win the game. Crowd is talking about Travis Hunter is, is overrated and he gets the interception. What Dylan Edwards did was uh, as a freshman running back was special. It, it, it was if, you know, Adam, had that been the final game of the season, it would have been a perfect movie. Uh, because it it just it wrapped up so nice. Uh, uh, Rick George, athletic director, who I love to death, crying and shouting in the locker room. You, you know, you you couldn't just script this better than than that moment. Even Colin Moore from Life and Football getting called out by Coach yeah, Prime, yeah, the press conference. Yeah, I mean, everything game. about it was so cool. He's such a good dude. It was just, yeah. it was such a, a good feeling leaving that stadium, especially uh, some of the stuff heard from those TCU fans. It was like, man, like. Got to stay professional, but I really want them to go crying back to their cars. Oh, they they absolutely knew they were going to beat us by 35 points. Yeah. Like they 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 walked into the stadium gloating. They warmed up gloating. They had all their recruits there, you know, uh, and most of their recruits were trying to get selfies with our coach. Uh, so so word to wise, when you play Colorado, you may not want to invite your your recruits on that game you know the attention they, <laughs> they they're, they're you're hosting them but they're looking at us so we appreciate it uh but everything about that that game was special uh, you know to have coach run out uh to win the game in the fashion that we wanted to have those players particularly you know everybody was portal this portal that but to have a true freshman running back Dylan Edwards do what he did was amazing uh Shadur setting records Shadur and Travis the early on, just Heisman buzz, which is going to happen again this year. It was phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. You 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 mentioned you might not want to have recruits on your sideline when Colorado comes to town. There were two basketball recruits for Colorado that were there visiting TCU that weekend. Where did they end up? Colorado. <laughs> so hey, man, the coach look, prime effect goes goes beyond the the football field when it comes Adam, to recruiting. I, you know, when you talk about a movie. I feel like I'm in part two with you guys and it's y'all part one. Like this is like a star Wars kind of thing. You know, I I've been in an episode with coach prime. I've been with him in Jackson state, you know, for those three seasons. Cause we had that COVID spring season. I've seen us go on the road. I've seen other teams have their recruits there. I've seen those recruits end up at, at, the, at the school he's coaching at like it, like this, this happens, you know, when you poke the bear, this is what happens. I'm sure you guys feel this, but. Folks are just over the moon excited to have Coach Prime of Boulder. And uh, that leads into this next question. It's another question from Aaron Lott 303. He asked, do you have a feeling slash vibe on how much Coach Prime truly loves Colorado as a state? And he mentioned outdoor lifestyle, fishing, climate, things that he likes to do outside of football, et cetera. 
Another great question. Um, you know, they say comparison is the enemy of joy. But having been with him at another program in another city, uh, my hometown, Jackson, my school, Jackson State, and to be with him at Boulder, you don't get the sense that that he's ready to leave Boulder. Like he 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 enjoys it. Uh, he enjoys the community, enjoys the atmosphere. Uh, it was one of the last places I thought he would end up, that I would end up, because he is not a cold weather guy. I saw him at Jackson State postpone practice two hours just so it can go from 45 degrees to 55 degrees. Uh, and so when he chose that he wanted to coach in Boulder, I knew it was, you know, a God sent special moment. And to see him in that an environment, uh, like literally smiling like a little kid in the snow, enjoying the mountain view when you ride with him. All he talks about is the views around there. Uh, talks about winning and winning big this season so he can find another house uh, uh, that's, you know, more his uh, uh, being there long term. Uh, he doesn't talk, even in our small talk, private conversations, he does not talk like a guy, well, I'm out of here in 18 months, eight, out of here in 24 minutes, months, so let's not do that. He moves and operates like he is where his feet are, uh, or at least eight of his toes, and you can you know share that joke with him. Uh, he, he, is, he is here, man, and loving every minute of it and, and shows no designs that he's interested in, in moving on anywhere. He, he truly loves being in Boulder. The crazy thing is that you guys all experienced maybe the worst winter in Boulder that I've experienced in 21 years. And th there's you know, like this winter, there was that stretch where it was like subarctic weather and it was freezing, but it, it's kind of the uh, exception to the norm. Like in, I wish the forecast would put more of an emphasis on in Colorado. What's the wind look like? Is the sun going to be out? If the sun's out and there's no wind, it could be 20 degrees and be beautiful out. Like it just, it's a different uh, cold weather that we get out here. I, this winter has been a little bit more palatable though, I want to say. You know, my biggest concern 14, 16 months ago was, oh my God, I've never lived in weather like that. And when I get there and I go through that December and January, all of you guys, the media folks I was working with were telling me, Worst, worst winter ever. You know, it's typically it's almost like y'all were trying to convince me that, hey, man, it's just just make it through. It's not bad. Don't leave. Yeah. And I was sitting there saying it's still nowhere near like I imagine, you know, or yeah. and when I got there and there was snow on the ground, uh, uh, December, I guess that was 22. I thought that snow was going to be on the ground to April. You know, the snow was gone three days later and then it snows again. And, and you go through, as you know, Adam, and I tell people when I'm here back home. 20 degrees in Boulder feels like 40, 45 in Mississippi because you don't have that moisture in the air. You don't have that wind biting through your clothes. We call it the Hulk here. The Hulk ain't out. You know, it's just it's just it's sunny and it's going to go from 20 degrees at 8 a.m. and be 60 at noon back down to 40, 20. Like you get four seasons in a day. So if you don't like it, just hold, hold on an hour and a half and the weather changes. Like I, I have not had any gripes with the weather in Boulder whatsoever. Buff Bosco asks, Coach Prime provides a lot of access in social media with the program, but he also keeps a lid on a lot of information like injuries, player suspension, coach hires slash promotions slash demotions, and internal decisions that would come out under previous coaches. How does he balance this? Does he let everyone know what can be public and what needs to stay inside the building? That's a great question from Buff Bosco. I don't know how much you can answer there. Just I'm, I'm kind of curious how Coach, from your experience, how he kind of operates within that. Absolutely great question. Um, and and it's 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 kind of a moving target. 
he has, of course, he has a relationship with Bucky. That's his son. Uh, and myself with Darius being with him so many seasons, we've gotten a feel for what he wants out and what he doesn't want out. And if there's a gray area, leave it alone. I, I can tell the, the, the questioner this, if it's something that leans toward giving away a competitive advantage, we leave it alone. Like we show coaching for instance, but we don't show a coach telling a player why he should do this, or this is what he should be doing in this game. Cause you don't want the opponent watching YouTube and adjusting from that, you know? So we don't show specific plays being run. You don't see signals being called. You don't hear conversations about, you know, this particular game uh, It's some general football stuff. And I know I've seen non-football people in my comments going, Oh, you shouldn't show that to the opponents are watching. I mean, you know, the A gap is the A gap. I don't care where, where you're playing, you know. So that's not really telling anything. We just don't talk about the strategy behind some of these decisions. You may you may see a clip of Dylan Edwards' big run, but you don't know the call and you don't know the scheme, the scheme and the install that was in place that day. So there's a fine line, Adam. Uh, it's very much an open book, but we try not to do things that are going to give away a competitive advantage. You know, whether it's a one on one matchup or even the team or coaching philosophy situation wise. So I sit in on all the staff meetings when they're going through game situations. And, you know, I have the audio off because you're not going to hear them saying, well, on third and six, we're going to do this. You know, we don't put that kind of stuff out. There was a former head coach of Colorado that wouldn't clear the whiteboard when we would come into the press conferences. And it's the same room, 319. And there was one that just cracked me up from back in the day. And it was an Oregon State tight end. And it said on there, number 72 can't catch the ball. So don't don't worry about him. <laughs> and it just made me <laughs> laugh. But I I yeah, no, I I appreciate the the, the approach that, that's involved there. Again, it goes back to an early point about letting folks into a program. It, it's not gonna lose football games for you if it's done in the right way. And you guys yeah, do it the right way, you know, and it's it's just so fun to see Colorado fans talk about, you know, Savelle Smalls is wearing a jersey. Let's speculate about this. Okay, now it's it's official that he's a tight. And it what it does is it it, it makes being a CU fan three sixty five right instead of just those twelve Saturdays. And so, uh, yeah, no. Uh, again, uh, we we really appreciate the, the insight that you guys give us. Shine DeBuff yeah. asked, go go ahead. I was going to say this. That's one of the things I love is the, uh, the, the again, you know, we appreciate the fans. We appreciate the fanatics. Wouldn't be here without you. So keep going. We, I mean, we love every minute of it. Uh, I, I love the speculation post, though. You know, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm shooting a staff meeting and people are trying to zoom in and see who's in the room and they're saying, like, I think I saw Ken Norton in there. Like, and I, they, you know, there, there were so many people that were saying <laughs> Ken Norton was in that staff meeting. I literally went back through my footage and said, damn, did I not see Ken Norton? Like these people are adamant that they saw Ken Norton. I was sitting there and I didn't see Ken Norton, but they're making me believe maybe I missed Ken Norton. <laughs> That's great. Shine DeBuff asked, what stood out to you about the locker room culture last year? What trends are you noticing early in winter workouts compared to this time last year? Great question. Body language. Uh, you know, when Coach Prime talks about his Louis luggage, you're looking at uh, a Travis, a Shadour, uh, a Shiloh, guys like that, JB, Jeremiah Brown that came with him, uh, Calvin Silman Craig that came with him. This year, a year later, you can't tell his Louis from last year from the transfer Louis. People walk around with the same chip on their shoulder, same attitude, same swag. 
same pushing each other, same not tolerating BS from the BS guys and pushing them and holding them accountable. And that's something that you did not have a year ago. Uh, you you had about three teams in that locker room. Uh, you had some CU guys who would hold over. You had the new guys who were coming in, but they weren't necessarily the Louis. And then you had the Louis that he brought. And you could walk in the room, a classroom, the cafeteria across campus, and you could look with your eye and tell them apart. You know, you knew what group was what group. But this year, Adam, when you walk in the locker room, cafeteria, team meeting, you don't see any difference in these guys. You don't know that Jordan Seaton hadn't been on that team or in that locker room two years. Uh, you don't know, you know, that some of these new players haven't been around or been friends with these guys for two or three years. They have they are molded together, bonding well, pushing each other in the workout room. And that's something you just didn't have this time a year ago. Yeah, those offensive linemen that have joined the program, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like they're super talented. They're they're experienced, but just as important is the mentality they've come to Colorado with. It's it's a confidence level that I think you really need if you're going to be in the spotlight. Because I don't know if there is an offensive line, and this includes the NFL in 2024, that's going to be closer watched and evaluated based on what happened last year, based on the number of eyeballs that are on the coach prime buffs. And, um, you know, those guys seem like they're not phased by any of that pressure that, that's going to be coming their way. It, it's, it's kind of cool to see, at least from my vantage point, watching the videos that you guys put out there. I think you're spot on. Uh, and I think that that was even part of the recruiting pitch, which let me say, I, I think that because I wasn't in those, in, in those meetings with those players when they were being recruited, but I think that what you said is is spot on. This is going to be the most scrutinized, uh, watched offensive line in football at any level. And why not come here and block for, protect for, who is a front runner for the Heisman Trophy, uh, a sure first round pick, if not first round, number one pick overall. Why would you not want that opportunity for people to see your craft while they're watching what's taking place here? And I think what happened in that message the guys who wanted to be a part of that are here. And this ain't their first rodeo. This is like, if this was a dating situation, this ain't their first, first date. They ain't nervous. Like they've been on a date before, you know, they, they, they know how this thing goes. And so they're not unsure of themselves. They walk around with a certain confidence because they've been in a locker room as the new guy before, and they've had to take somebody's job before, and they took somebody's job and kept the job before, and they're looking forward to doing that here. And I think what you're going to see, Adam, like like write this timestamp down, this this timestamp down, y'all, and replay it Monday after the spring game, or maybe even a week before the spring game. We're this team is so together already. You're going to have departures. You're going to have people who realize, like you know what. That guy got me, and there ain't nothing I can do about it to get it back. Let me go start somewhere else and get an opportunity somewhere else because it's all about opportunity. Uh, and if you think that you're in a situation here that you're not going to move up the depth chart for whatever reason, the portal allows you to go to where you think you have a better opportunity. So that door is going to swing both ways because we're damn loaded, man, with talent. And these guys ain't being no gentlemen about it. They're not saying, hey, man, you know, well, let's share the reps. Like, no, you, you got to fight for these reps, and they're not giving it up. We got a ton more questions here, Neely. Go right I like ahead. To say, I, well, I like to say the offseason is is a marathon, not a sprint. So I got one more, and, and I've got an answer here, too, and I'm excited to ask this question to you. But some of this other stuff, honestly, could be better asked as we're getting closer to spring ball. So we'll, we'll uh, kick well, well, Adam, the can down the road. Out. Yeah. Check this out, Adam. This is What's the up? first of many, brother. 
It is. Yeah. Yeah. The, qu the questions don't expire. Like we, we could do this again next week and the week after that. Like we're here. I'm game. I I'm looking forward to it, Neely. I did want to ask one more Aaron Lot 303 question. He wants to know our biggest sleeper on the roster going into next season. Mm, that is a great one. Let me do this. Let me give a position and not a name. Okay. And the reason I don't want to give a name is that it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who emerges. But I think people are going to be sleeping on our running back room. Uh, I, I think with Savion, Wilkerson brings to the table with that thump. I think with Alto being healthy brings with his uh, his speed and craftiness. And I think what Dylan brings with his speed and then the freshman kid that's in is unbelievable. I you know people are going to think that this is a pass 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 team and it is when you have a once in a lifetime quarterback like Shadour. Uh, but one of the things that got away from us last year was being able to control the clock with the run game, being able to extend drives with the run game. Uh, and I think you're going to see the emergence of a running back room here under Coach Flea and these guys he got in the room. So I'm going to go. Don't sleep on the running backs. I like that answer. I had two names written down, and one of them was Dylan Edwards. I think because he scored, he scored, yeah, he scored four touchdowns in his first game. People stopped viewing him as a true freshman last year. He was an early enrollee, so he was on the behind the scenes stuff. And kind of like he, you felt like maybe after that game, he's just been in the program for a long period of time. And so your expectations reach a, a certain uh, level. And folks have kind of pegged him into being the specialist on offense. And yeah. th there's no doubt that he's going to provide special ability as a guy in the screen game because of his speed and his ability. And, and a couple of those plays against TCU were just uh, incredible. But he was a true freshman, and he's come back, put on some good weight. Mm -hmm. Don't I didn't like – don't don't get me wrong, Neely. I, I didn't like running him between the tackles last year. But I think going forward, he's going to be more of a – you know, a three, four down back than a lot of people maybe have been in their minds based on what they saw from his freshman year. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Didn't like him running between the tackles. Uh, that was a flaw in the offensive scheme last year. That's not where his talents are. His talents are in space because if the first guy doesn't wrap him up and hold him for the next guy, he's gone for 40 yards or more. Uh, he has put on the right kind of weight. He is running track for CU this spring, uh, and so his speed has maintained or increased. He hasn't lost anything there. Uh, he has competition for carries now in the locker room. You know, last year, uh, uh, Savion didn't get a lot of opportunities, you know, coming in late in the summer. Uh, Alto was hurt, so he was pretty much just the premier and only back, which was a safe position to be in. You know, so now he's got people behind him and schematically can do different things with him. Let me let me tell you this behind-the-scenes moment about Dylan Edwards that I just had to, had to smile kind of like in a fatherly way at him. This guy comes in as a true freshman early enrollee. He does uh, last spring. He does the fall semester, you know, kicks ass at TCU, all those things. Just a couple of weeks ago, I've known Dylan enough to know when something's wrong. And so I'm looking at him in the cafeteria, and he's, he looks like something's bothering him. So I say, Dylan, what's going on, man? You okay? He's like, yeah, coach, I just – I don't know what to do, man. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I said, what's going on? He said, this, I'm about to go to my first in-person class and I've never been in a college class before. All my classes were online last year. And he was literally, here's a guy running for 500 yards and he was nervous about going to a class. 
And so you still see that freshman in him, you know, like, yeah. like that's, I, I, he's done so much on the team. You know, you forget he's like 18 years old, you know, <laughs> but, but he was nervous about going to going to class in person for the first time. His parents might be the nicest people I've ever met oh, in my life. Absolutely. They the are. other, the other name I had jotted down here, Neely is Jaden Milliner Jones. And there was a want to a care factor that you could just see with him. And, he made some mistakes. He was a true freshman last year flying around and, and you've got so much talent in that secondary. Now, I don't know how many snaps he plays in 2024, but that's just one guy. When I look at the effort level that he plays with, that makes me really bullish on, on kind of his potential at Colorado going forward. I like it. I like it. You know, that room is deep and we got to get through spring ball and, and uh, uh, but I, what he's doing in the weight room and mechanics wise in the building, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I don't I don't. All right. Well, that's the first episode, like you said, of many. I think you 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 were telling me before we hit record that there's maybe some uh, beard oil coming out from. Oh, from yeah. The and, you know what? and you're you're going to get the first shipment, my friend. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna let some, this grow out. For, for, we got some uncle, for that got some Uncle Neely's beard oil dropping. You know, you asked me how I maintain it. We got some Uncle Neely's beard oil coming out, and I'm gonna make sure that Adam gets some. And next thing you know, you're gonna be down here with me, man. It's gonna have a shine to it. And hey, be warned, it works. Well, I need some pictures of those burgers uh, from your spots there in, in Jackson, Mississippi, and I might try to sneak my way in as a, as a stowaway in your next uh, travels back home. But hey, Neely, I appreciate you for taking time out. And again, like the the folks that if you could kind of compare where you were at as a Colorado fan in terms of the exposure, where you were a couple of years and where ago and where you are now, it's it's truly been a special experience, and uh, we're just fortunate to to be a, a small part of it as you guys uh, build what you're building in, in, in Boulder. I appreciate that, man. And, and uh, looking forward to this continued partnership and conversation. I can say this to your audience out there, my audience as well. One of the first meetings we had in Boulder, you know, was with the media team there and uh, what was uh, right outside the coach's office. Now it's his recruiting lounge totally made over room. It should be like on some before and after pictures from that first meeting there. So you're one of the first media personnels I met there. Uh, and since that time at the post-game press conferences, the weekly press conferences, you've always been, you know, professional, positive, doing your job, upbeat, you know, all the way from the walking boot to now, like you, you've you always been, you know, that, 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 that steady voice in the room. So appreciate you and all you do, you know, to cover CU Buffs. One thing I also add to that is there's really not this competition thing out here, man. Uh, you know, we can share content. We can all grow together. It's about, you know, spreading the word and let people see what's happening in this program. And hopefully that spreads to other college program. A rising tide lifts all boats. And uh, we just want to be part of pumping in that water to lift all the boats, man. I love that so much. It's a big family is what it is. And it really yeah. is uh, cool to be, again, a small part of that. So appreciate you, Neely. And, and like we were saying, we're, we're going to do this a lot this offseason. So I'm looking forward to that. And I appreciate everybody out there for tuning in.